Welcome to Boss Files, I'm Poppy Harlow. It's a pretty weird reality of the times we're living in that there are new rules of engagement for just about everything. When you enter a public place, you have to wear a mask. When you go to the grocery store, there are those little masking tape arrows on the floor as you wait to check out. But what about if you're trying to date? Do you go on a date and you uh, stand six feet apart, you go for a walk, you basically take a drink from a bar that's serving cocktails uh, out their window, and then you just go and walk in the park? Is that sort of the new normal? Is there aren't that many options of things that you can do outside of hanging out in a park six feet apart or, or going and getting takeout from somewhere? That's Sura, one of my colleagues. He lives in New York City and has been using dating apps off and on for the last several years. After the coronavirus pandemic hit, he put dating on hold. But now that it's become clear that social distancing is with us for the long haul, he's trying to figure out how he can still actually meet new people. I think the uncertainty is the hardest part. You know, it's hard to say I'm going to put dating on hold for another year. It just, that doesn't seem sustainable. And it's also, I've been talking to a lot of my single friends, and um, I think you've gone, you know, it was for the first few weeks, we had sort of the ability to kind of put some structure around stuff and really power through those first few weeks thinking that it's going to be okay soon. But it's been months now. At some point, you also just get fatigued by not having regular human contact. Sura did meet one person on the dating app Bumble before the pandemic. They were actually able to meet up in person once before stay-at-home orders went into effect. But now they've been apart for weeks, trying to keep things going. They've been texting, and while they can't see each other in person, recently they decided to have a video date. Hey, how's it going? Hi. How's your morning? Uh, It's been good. Um, We have had really wonderful weather. (laughs) Um, It's been unseasonably cool, so I think this From Sura's perspective, the date went pretty well, but there are still a lot of questions about where things can go from here. I think the next step is really trying to schedule another video chat at some point in the not so distant future, uh, while also trying to figure out when we can actually see each other again. Sura has had to figure out how to date during a pandemic, and Bumble, the company, has had to think about how to navigate this new reality for all of their users. They built new features in the app, changed the geographic limitations on who you can match with, and developed their own health and safety recommendations. But what do you do once you've had a video chat? How long can you really sustain a relationship without meeting up in person? And will virtual dating last even after this pandemic? I pose all of that to Whitney Wolf Hurd, the founder and CEO of Bumble. We talk about what the future of dating looks like and what this has all meant for the business that she built. So we've actually just come out of our two best revenue weeks uh, in history, in the history of the group. The two best revenue weeks ever in the middle of the worst economy in American history. Why do you think that is? People need human connection. And we are really, truly one of the only gateways to that, if you think about it. You know, restaurants and bars and concerts and friends uh, events and weddings, these were places people met. All of those things have been put on hold, which leaves your options quite limiting. And what's fascinating is people are really enjoying truly leaning into digital dating. Here's my conversation with Whitney Wolf Hurd. 
Brittany, thanks for doing this. Nice to have you. Thanks for having me. It's great to be with you today. Congrats on Bobby, baby Bo, five months, right? Yes, thank you so much. Tell everyone what you just said to me in the break before we started, because for people that don't know, you became group CEO, a global pandemic hit, and oh yeah, you're a new mom. How's that going? Oh yes, um, no, it's definitely been an interesting <laughs> few months, uh, but you know what? I'm up for the challenge and I'm feeling very grateful and blessed to have our health and be able to stay in the mm -hmm. safety of our home. So uh, I think, you know, we're just doing the best we can day by day. So we're going to talk about love and dating and meeting in the in the age of coronavirus and, and in the middle of a global pandemic. But l let me just begin with this. Did you ever in a million years model something like this into your business plan? Well, let me tell you what, Poppy. I have seen all sorts of headlines as, as it pertains to dating over the last decade of my life. Never did I ever expect to hear or see that as a headline, dating and love in the time of a global pandemic or coronavirus. So, you know, nobody could have ever really prepared for something like this. And, you know, I'm, I'm a firm um, believer that I've, I've uh, thought of every worst case scenario known, known to human possibility, except for this one, right? So I, I don't think anyone could have been fully prepared, but the benefit that our company has is that we have always been a digital business. We did not have to shift gears or change course like so many businesses across the globe have had to do. Really? Because people would say, well, yeah, that's where your business starts, but your business is successful because people meet online, but then meet in person and they can't do that right now. You know what, though? I actually think there's a, a blessing in disguise as far as it pertains to dating. Dating with the onset of, of digital dating has gone really fast. And you could argue that some of the safety and some of the courtship that existed beforehand has, has been lost. And so the fact that we are almost forced to pause, forced to get to know each other before meeting a stranger in real life, there, there, is, there is a benefit there. More um, genuine connections are forming out of this, and people are really uh, you know, being secure in who they're meeting before that eventual physical meetup ever begins. There's for sure something to that. Um, I mean, like years ago when I met my now husband, we were living in different states and we didn't meet on an app. Bumble didn't even exist. But like right after we met, we went back to our own states and for for like almost six months, all we did is talk on the phone. This was even before FaceTime. I wonder if you could tell, we had some interesting new stats that, that your company just put out. Like 80% of Bumble users in the US are now open to meeting a match in person and virtually dating. Are people actually in-app dating? So, so people are genuinely beginning relationships in-app. So that's not just a connection, a hi, hey, hello, how are you? Right. I'm talking about spending significant amount of time in our app on video calls, having proper dates. People are cooking dinner together virtually from their own homes. People are watching TV shows together. People are FaceTiming in our app from Bumble and having virtual dates. And they're really, truly building relationships. I actually have a, a friend of mine has started dating a man on Bumble during this lockdown, and they have been having some of the most amazing dates. I know this sounds a bit wonky, but they're having these incredible dates 
from their Bumble app. And they are, they're on the verge of becoming exclusive together. And so think about With, that. And These they never relationships, met. Never. They have yet to meet in real life. I recently reread the the letter you wrote, basically to all your users, saying like, we want you to meet, but we don't want you to meet. Can you just take us into your mind as you were writing that and what you were thinking? And I, I wonder if you were worried at the moment and if you still are about, you know, people meeting uh, up after virtually meeting on your, your site, even though they're not really supposed to. Absolutely. Well, if you think about it, we had to take, a, you know, a different but still comparable stance to a lot of restaurants and bars or places where people go and meet. We facilitate connection. Connection moves physical, um, you know, starts digital with us. And so historically, obviously, there's a lot of physical interaction taking place. Well, at the onset of this pandemic, and when we all started to really understand, wow, what's going on? This is very serious. We need to do something. We took a pretty progressive approach where we were ahead of a lot of the local uh, local recommendations. So we, um, I wrote a letter that was very short, but it was concise yep. and to the point, which was basically, please do not go meet each other in real life. Uh, during this time, you know, take advantage of the virtual features. We have a virtual bundle, audio, voice, um, uh, video. Use these features as an opportunity to get to know each other better and to really build quality relationships so that when we do come out the other end of this, you can, you know, start off on a really solid foundation together in the physical. Do you get a sense that people are approaching dating completely differently now. And I mean in terms of reassessing their lives and thinking about the fragility of life and thinking, wow, I mean, I don't want to casual date for the next 10 years. I want a partner. Absolutely. I have seen this shift both anecdotally and through the actual user response that we've been monitoring. If if this time in life has shown any of us anything, it really has just shown us that the most important thing in life is our relationships and having human connection. And there's no replacement for that. And so the fact is that, you know, I think coming out the other end of this, we are going to see people really leaning into our product as an actual gateway to real lasting relationships versus something that might have otherwise been used uh, more casually. And whatever people want after this is fine. But I do believe that that this is going to change all of us as a collective. This time, uh, you know, you're lucky to have your, your baby and your family around you. And I'm lucky to have, you know, my husband and my kids around me. But for a lot of people, I have friends of mine, family members of mine. It's a really lonely time. How, how do you think about Bumble in terms of helping to address that? This is an incredibly lonely time. It's isolating. I mean, I can only speak to personal experience, but... The fact that I have a newborn at home that hasn't been able to see uh, his grandparents is is yeah. really hard. You know, we were just reunited for Mother's Day, luckily, but this is such an isolating moment. And if you think about all the people in this world that rely on just one one meeting a week from a, a grandchild or a, fr a friend or a family member to even stay alive, it's just a very scary time. But this app serves a really great opportunity to just stay in touch 
and to connect with someone else. Even in your area, we've heard of a lot of people lowering their radius down to their neighborhood and speaking to their neighbors through Bumble. And they're leaning on each other and they're getting insight on what's going on at the local bodega or what's going on, you know, with the sweet flower shop across the street. And they're actually finding community in this incredibly isolating moment. You talked about some of the dating experiences that you've you've seen, your friend, for example. What are the other, I know Bumble has put out a list. I was reading through some of it. You guys are actually recommending sort of fun, safe dating ideas through through the app, cooking dinner. What are some of the other things? Oh goodness. So there's there's a whole a whole load of things we've been putting out there, but you know, the things that we can do at home, right? And what are the things that you would do on a, a, a later date with somebody? You would enjoy a meal together. You might watch some form of entertainment together. You might have, you know, a picnic outside. You might mm-hmm. even, you know, go on a run or do some type of exercise together. Why not do a, do a you know, a fun exercise class together? Why not um, watch a movie together or a new show, read a book together? I mean, there's a lot we can do at distance. Mm -hmm. It's just about taking that step and opening up the app, matching with somebody. And what's interesting is we're seeing more matches take place further away also. So contrary to what I said earlier, that is one element of it is matching with people right around you for community. But we've actually seen people toggle their distance filter in ways that they weren't doing earlier so that they can extend their network and they can can meet people. Well, they're just looking for people that that they wouldn't have earlier. So say somebody was really only ever looking for someone within a mile distance. Mm -hmm. Let's say they've now taken that up to 100 miles. And so it's just fascinating to see the way we are... We are tweaking community as we are forced to be, you know, alienated from one another. More women, as I understand it, are new subscribers to the site than men. Is that right? That is right. Women are really both joining the product, but what's been fascinating is watching women really engage on a deeper level. And we're seeing a surge in women uh, using features that historically were used less. So one example is uh, video video, uh, in-app. Women are really leaning into this. And it's clear that they are feeling safe and secure in this. And our assumption is that because, say, one woman has a good experience with an in-app date virtually, she then shares that experience with her friends. Her friends then come and do that as well. So there's almost this viral network effect happening based around the digital dating features and bundles. Uh, So it's fascinating to watch this. After a quick break, Whitney and I talk about the future of Bumble, including their expansion into India, and their efforts in the U.S. to pass state and federal legislation addressing online sexual harassment. This podcast is supported by Sleep Number. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores? Sleep Number does that. Only Sleep Number smart beds let you each choose your ideal comfort and support, your sleep number setting. Sleep Number smart beds learn how you sleep and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. All Sleep Number smart beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. Temperature-balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. Sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. The Assignment with me, Audie Cornish. So there have been arrests, suspensions, disciplinary hearings. They're shutting down graduation events. At this moment, the part of the protests that are admirable are young people calling attention to atrocities. Michael Roth is the president of Wesleyan University. I would like to make a space for them to do that, as long as that space doesn't prevent other people from pursuing their education. Listen to The Assignment with me, Audie Cornish, on your favorite podcast app. And now, more of my conversation with Bumble founder and CEO, Whitney Wolf Hurd. Let's talk a little bit about the, the future of Bumble. I mean, how living through COVID has perhaps changed your positioning of the company for the future, COVID enhanced in a sense, meaning do you think that some of what is happening now with the app and your business decisions will carry on even past when there is God willing, a vaccine? Absolutely. I think there's a lot of lessons for humanity in this. Uh, you know, it's been a great equalizer and it shows us that no matter, you know, how how impressive a career might be or, you know, how well-versed somebody might be or how accomplished they are, this virus does not care. And I think that what that has also shown us is that human connection and relationships are truly at the root of our happiness. And they are all we have at the end of the day, because when you're stuck at home, you can either be alone or you can be with people you love. And I think that what we will do moving forward is really encourage people to take an audit of their relationships and not just look for that date or that Friday night or that short-term relationship, but really try to find long-term companionship. And then separately from that, it goes beyond the date, right? You need friendships. I mean, I, I'm married, but if it wasn't for the, 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 the video calls with my friends throughout all this, I mean, we'd all be feeling pretty down. And so leaning into the importance of friendship and business and really expanding our relationship outlook beyond just a romantic one. So you think digital first dating stays beyond COVID? It stays. It is here for the long run. COVID has taught us that we have to get to know each other before we just jump into a scenario with a stranger. And, you know, safety has always been paramount and primary for us. So has accountability. I think the more layers of safety and accountability you can you can add into a connection before it turns into a relationship, the better and the healthier that relationship will be. Uh, think about it this way. If you meet someone on Bumble and all of a sudden you go meet some, you meet in a coffee shop or at, at a restaurant, if that, if that first meeting doesn't go well, you've really just gone out of your way. You've put yourself at risk. You've been in a uncomfortable physical situation where that could have all been avoided had you just done a video call. All of that could, could have been avoided. Then if you do a video call and you really hit it off on the video, there's a much higher likelihood that that first physical meetup is going to go well. So this saves everybody time. It saves them risk. It encourages good health across the board. And I must say, I, you know, I, I'm so lucky and fortunate to be on the other end of our majority um, transaction that we just did with Blackstone because yes, a $3 they have billion been dollar so deal, incredible. I should say, no small deal. 
Can you talk about that a little bit more? Because this is relatively recent. Obviously, there's the capital, which is so important in a moment like this. Um, so does that mean no layoffs for you guys? We have not had to do any layoffs. We're incredibly fortunate. And that is the number one thing that was most important to both myself and our leadership team going into COVID was we do not want to lose any team members. We actually want to lean into it. And the fact that we've been able to put together things like employee relief funds, and we've been able to donate upwards of uh, nearly a million dollars to small businesses in the form of $5,000 grants. You know, that's that's the stuff that, that makes me very proud of our team and that we've been able to stay afloat during this time. And we want to be able to help those that haven't been so fortunate. Do you, is, is revenue as much as you can share with us up, down, flat? And do you project any, any layoffs in, you know, end of 2020 into 2021? So we've actually just come out of our two best revenue weeks uh, in history, in the history of the group. So revenue is very strong and we do not anticipate having to furlough anybody. And we actually are reinvesting in team members and growth. We are actually hiring I mean, that's rapidly. amazing. The two best revenue weeks ever in the middle of the worst economy in American history. Why do you think that is? What, why is that happening? People need human connection. We need to be connected. We need to build build relationships. So the bigger the, the problem in the world, the more connected we need to become. And we are really, truly one of the only gateways to that, if you think about it. You know, restaurants and bars and concerts and friends uh, events and weddings, these were places people met. All of those things have been put on hold, which leaves your options quite limiting. And what's fascinating is people are really enjoying truly leaning into digital dating, using video in our app to get to know each other. The fact that our video usage has spiked upwards of 80 to 90% since lockdown and the call times have gone double to 30 minutes plus is, is data doesn't lie. And that's just where things are going. You guys also have expanded a, a lot re- pretty recently internationally, India, Russia, Germany, France, UK. C- can you talk a little bit about what you're seeing in those markets? So it's been really fascinating to see the different trends in the different news cycles and the different life cycle of the virus. Right. There have been ebbs and flows. But I will say what's the most fascinating right now is Germany. Uh, as Germany has taken a reentrance stance, uh, usage in different parts of the app has completely surged. So as we're seeing surges in in other countries and other territories and things like video dating and a lot of the deeper down the funnel uh, mechanisms to connect, we're seeing incredible surges in the top of the funnel in Germany, meaning people feel, you know, a, a sense of a sense of light at the end of the tunnel. And they're really actively looking to make new, new, new connections where I think some other parts of the world, people are leaning into the connections they've made and going deeper into those connections. Let's talk for that. That is very interesting about Germany. And and I want to ask you before we move on about India, because you chose to expand into India. And here's uh, a line that struck me from from some of CNN's previous reporting on on it. Uh, they called it, quote, a risky move, given that casual dating is relatively new and urban phenomenon and that India has one of the highest rates of sexual violence in the world. Can you talk about your uh, company's expansion into India, what you found and your your mind frame around that? So it's been incredibly fascinating going into India. And I will say that we did not ignore any of that going in. 
we were incredibly thoughtful about taking a localized approach. We worked with women on the ground. We hired women living in India. We did not just place, you know, our team members over there or assign them this as a, as a you know, uh, long distance challenge. This was something we worked with women living in India, facing these challenges in their own personal lives to build a strategy to make it successful. And And really what it boils down to is women have the desire to connect and to meet people on their own terms. Women are powerful and they don't need to be waiting around for somebody to tell them it's okay. They don't need to be waiting around for somebody to um, tell them they're allowed to meet somebody or to have a relationship. And so what's been fascinating with this whole notion of women making the first move on our product, it's completely changed the dynamic over there. There was never a time where a woman would approach a man first in India. That's not part of it. And, you know, that's, that's just not the way their tradition operates. And so it's been unbelievable to see the surge of first moves being made. You can't imagine how successful that feature has been. And that just proves that women around the world have a voice, they want to use it, and they want to go after what they want, not the other way around. Let's talk about the issue of sexual harassment because you have been using and plan to continue to use Bumble and the platform to advocate for legislation uh, outlawing digital sexual harassment. Can you talk about what you're doing on that front now? So here's what's fascinating about human behavior. We have built strong accountability systems in the physical realm to hopefully detract people from behaving poorly in the physical. We have stop signs, we have speed bumps, we have all the equivalent to that. You can, you know, those are just a couple examples. We have things in the physical world, in the law and the legal system that punishes people for behavior that is inappropriate and harassing towards women. For example, we have indecent exposure rules. This is a law that actually has punitive ramifications for somebody that exposes themselves. They will be arrested for indecent exposure. Mm -hmm. Now think about where people are spending their time. We're not all just walking around physically all day long. We spend hours and hours a day, children included, women of all ages included, in our phones, digital behavior. Where is the accountability online? Where is the digital police system? Where is there any mechanism to assure the safety of girls, women, children, all genders on the internet? There isn't. It doesn't exist. And so as we we, we started analyzing trends of, of, of inappropriate things taking place across the internet. One in particular was indecent exposure online, the equivalent of that, which is showing or sending photos, unsolicited lewd photos to users. They were not asked for, they were not requested, they are just sending them. And are you powerless to, to do anything, I guess, other than try to block them and then take those people off the platform? Yes, Poppy, you're exactly right. So We are able to do what we can, which means block them, allow users to report them, to ban them from our product, to build features to try to prevent this. But guess what? That does not mean they cannot just go download another product or do this through text or email or any other mechanism of digital connection. 
it is putting our population at risk. And so if you think about it that way, there is this void for digital accountability. And when we were struggling to get this under control from just a company standpoint, I really started asking myself, why is there no legal ramification here? Why is there no consequence? And so that was our very first step into building legislation around our message and our vision and our values, which is all about protecting our uh, user base, engineering accountability and equality and good behavior. Uh, I, I firmly believe that through product and through legislation together, if we partner together, we can build a safer internet. And so that was where we, we took our first foray into this by um, introducing a bill in Texas. It passed. Um, it is now a law in Texas that you cannot send unsolicited lewd photos to anybody on uh, the Internet. On a federal level, do you have some champions in the Senate and the House? We are working on our relationships. Obviously, things have uh, taken an interesting change with so many uh, of the government officials. Yeah, everything is, you know, we have to obviously take care of the bigger challenges around uh, the economy and the, the well-being of our, our world during COVID. But this has not been put on any back burner as far as I'm concerned. And we are going to be really trying to create a safer Internet, not just for us at Bumble, not just for for us at a group level, but for the entire internet at large. This is a space with a lot of competition. You guys have done exceedingly well in a pretty short period of time, but you've got competitors, right? Tinder, Hinge, Match, OkCupid, Facebook. I wonder how you think about that competition now and standing out now that the whole you know ball game has changed. Competition is fantastic. It means you're somewhere that people want to be. And so I would be worried if we didn't have competition candidly. It would mean we're we're staying somewhere that 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 we probably shouldn't be. So I, I love the competition and I think it's great. I think it's great to to have um, an industry that welcomes that. I will say that we're building something different and we're building something unique to all of our competitors. I want to you know, be a part of a team and culture and company that builds healthy relationships for the long run, whether that's friendship or business or or love and everything in between. And that is so much bigger than than where we are today. And so, you know, if you were comparing our journey to a marathon, I'd say we're just sat down to tie our shoes. We haven't even really gotten going yet. And so that's really the way I think about it. That means you have a long road uh, ahead of you guys and, and a long race. And that's that's a good way to look at it, right? Congratulations on all of it, Whitney, and thank you. Thank you, Poppy. It's been great to be with you, and I, I hope to chat soon. Thanks so much for being with me today. If you enjoyed this episode of Boss Files, make sure to keep listening as we talk to more leaders about how they're navigating all the uncertainty of the coronavirus pandemic. Boss Files is a production of CNN Audio. Felicia Patinkin is the senior producer. Raj Makija is the Senior Manager of Production Operations. This week's episode was produced by Zach St. Louis, Haley Drasnan, and Rachel Cohn. Francisco Monroy is our engineer. And a special thanks to Megan Marcus, Ashley Lusk, Courtney Coop, and Daniel Cantor from CNN Audio. As always, let me know what you think. What do you want to hear more of? Who do you want to hear from? Leave us a rating or a review on your favorite podcast app. You can also find me on social media at Poppy Harlow CNN. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode of Boss Files. Thank you so much for listening.
quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Now streaming exclusively on Max, a new CNN flash talk about the album that has Nashville talking, Call Me Country, Beyonce and Nashville's Renaissance. Watch it at max.com slash callmecountry. Max subscription required.